0: The Temptations right there on the X Men's oldies show. Another great Sunday cruising inside your radio. How you doing? How you feeling today? Hope you're having a great Sunday. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I love getting guests on my radio show because uh, there's so much to hear about folks that are doing great things in our community. And with that being said, I want to welcome Chef Claudia Sandoval on the radio show. How are you doing? Did I say your name right?
1: I love how you did like the Javier, the X-Men version <laughs> of Claudia Sandoval.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to the radio show. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me. No, you, you, you've won it all. You're a master sh- chef and you've wrote a book and you've, you're on TV. Yeah. Are you living a dream right now? Is this, a, is this a dream for you? <laughs> like, really?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I definitely am living a lot of dreams, and I've fulfilled a lot of, of, of goals that I've set, set out for myself. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you were born and raised in... National City? Yeah, yeah, literally at Paradise Valley Hospital. <laughs> wow, so you're from the neighborhood? Oh, yeah, I graduated from Seawater High School, went to, you know, all of, I went to Kimball, and yeah. So for anybody that's in San Diego and knows National City, yeah, absolutely.
0: Did you always want to cook? Did you always want to be a chef?
1: Well, you know, it also, it actually kind of started because my mom and my abuelita used to like teach me how to cook, right? Because they were like, the way that we're going to keep our kind of family like culture and you know alive is through our food and that was always kind of the message that i got from them but aside from that you know they i would always tell them when i was a little girl like man you guys i go to my friend's house and like your food is so much better (laughs) (laughs) and so then i would always tell them like someday i'm gonna open up a restaurant and serve your food like because that food is like just so good and so you know just that that like mexican comfort food you know And, um, and so that was, I think always the dream, but then, you know, we all have to adult and we have to find jobs and pay bills. And I was a single mom and working for, you know, I worked for the County for five years. I became a vested employee for the County of San Diego and then moved over to an advertising agency and did all kinds of jobs. I mean, everything from like working at a super eight motel to (laughs) at front desk to, um, you know, to like working at like a, uh, at. For the medical director of Alvarado Hospital, like I've done all these things.
0: Well, so it was a dream. It was it uh, didn't happen overnight for you. I mean, there was a, yeah. there was a lot of struggle for you for your successes right now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> where to begin? I mean, I, I would like I mentioned I was a single mom. Um, I left my marriage with nothing. Um, like literally, we. If I have pictures that I've posted, and you know, I try to look back a lot because sometimes it it takes looking back to see how far you've come. You know. And there's pictures where like, you know, our TV is like standing on a, on literally like cardboard boxes, you know? Um, but yeah, it, you know, it, it is 100% a dream come true. And, um, I was working for this advertising agency and I, I, um, I, I got a message from a friend who was like, Hey, listen, um, MasterChef is doing auditions. You're always posting food. You're always cooking. And I just was like a really big food network fan. Obviously, like, I, I, you know, I definitely cooked because, you know, traditional Mexican food, but on top of that, I wanted to learn more. And I had friends who were Italian and Dominican. And so I would just pick up whatever they gave me in terms of ingredients and techniques and everything. And I was just kind of this sponge and would always post food. She's like, you should totally apply. And I was like, haha, that's funny. My ex-husband <laughs> ex- used to say that. <laughs> And then I auditioned and then they were like, or I I applied and then they they called me and they were like, you've been VIP'd. And I was like, what do you mean I've been VIP'd? What does that mean? And they were like, you get to choose the time that you can come and like audition. And I was like, oh man, okay. And I'll tell you. Um, Wait, what did
0: it take to apply? Did you just Is it like applying for a job and that's it? Or did you have to no. send your food?
1: Yes. So you, you have, I'm not joking. They'd say you have to come with a dish that's prepared and you have three minutes to plate it. And then you'll go through like this audition process. And so I, I'm not even gonna lie, that morning I was just like laying in bed, like pretending like I was like scrolling through Instagram and my sister comes in the <laughs> door and she's like, what shouldn't you be getting ready or cooking or something? And I'm like, um, I don't know that I'm gonna go because like, what's gonna happen, dude? Like, right? I'm talking to my sister, like, dude, what's gonna happen? Like, I'm gonna go and audition and then they're gonna tell me that I need to go to LA and I can't leave my job. I have like, you know, I have, a, I'm a single mom. Like, who's gonna take care of my kid? And she's like, wow your head's so big you already made it through the audition (laughs) leave it to your sister to keep you humble right keep it real shout out to my sister um but yeah man and and um and i was like dude she's right so she closed the door and just let me like like you know soak in that and i got up and i i i just you know did everything that i could i even i remember i i was like so low income that i was like i went to like a a Trader Joe's and just bought like one of everything just in order to be able to make the the dish. And I made like a, a Mexican three cheese tortellini with a, like an Asiago cream sauce and shrimp and asparagus and prosciutto. Um, I'm getting hungry. You just. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I know. Hungry. I thought was coming in. I was like, man, I should have at least brought him some cookies. <laughs> and, and yeah, and I applied and I auditioned and obviously I, I ended up getting on the show and then and and one, you know and and that
0: was, and one
1: and one and one, I mean I still like you know there's moments where I still it doesn't like sink in that that happened, like it almost feels like it's like it it's like surreal if that makes any sense uh-huh. it's it's um i actually i just got honored with a a c three award yesterday um for community through Hope, which is a um a nonprofit organization based in uh, Chula Vista that helps unsheltered people and and people of low income. And they honored me with this award that is all about like cultura and community and all of this. And I was talking to somebody about my story and I started crying and they were just like, wow, it's like it's still like fresh. And I was like, I know it. I know it was 2015 when I won and I know it's a long time ago. But there's just something about that so impactful moment because, you know, as people who come from brown and Latino communities, disadvantaged youth, I was always like. Um, considered at risk. I remember going to high school and, and telling my mom, like, man, like, the statistics say that, like, 45% of Latinas are, like, gonna get pregnant before the age of 18. And I was just like, I don't wanna be that statistic, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so then to fast forward winning this competition on a national level with 5 million people watching, um, with one of the biggest icons of the culinary world, Gordon Ramsay, handing over that prize. Winning $250,000, which, of course, the government took half. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like, that's just like, I don't like, I don't know that it will ever. And maybe it's just also me trying to stay in gratitude, stay in that space of of humility and understanding that not everybody gets those types of opportunities. Um, Because it it just I, I will never forget the feeling of like yelling Uh, It was like a, like from my gut, from like every part of my soul of just disbelief that they would let a Latina win. And that's sad, you know, like there's, there's also like some sadness to that because why did I ever think that we, I wasn't deserving, um, we're as deserving as anybody else, right? If we're willing to put in the hard work and you're willing to go after your dreams and, and strive and learn. And I mean, I remember I took a a cookbook with me that's 1,700 pages um and, and not a cookbook a um like a culinary art institute book and i read that thing 3 times while i was there 3 months just think about how much like i was like just living and breathing food Um, and, and, and a lot of the contestants that were with me weren't doing that, you know, they were copying stuff and copying techniques. And I was like trying to come up with innovative things that were never even made. Um, and I think that when you live in that space, when you're so passionate and when you're ready to like put everything that you've worked so hard for, it translates not whether it's. You know music whether it 's a plate um you know whether it's a recipe it it translates and and I think that we we can all
0: speak the language of passion. I think if you would have played it safe on that show, yeah, I don't think you would have won, yeah, I think no, no. <laughs> I think doing it the way you did it, yeah, I mean it was meant to be, yeah, it was really meant to be, and you 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 had so many fans from that show. Uh, you know I talk to to people all the time people who love to who have who inspire to be chefs or who are chefs right now, yeah they just adore you and and, you. and, and you are someone to look up to a role model Thank especially you. in our community when we you know we have that uh, uh always feeling like we 're not good enough like you said
1: yeah there 's like that imposter syndrome right I right. mean so often we we think that like you know because we grow up feeling disadvantaged, they call us disadvantaged, they call us at risk, they call us all these they like put these labels on us, and so we start to internalize those things. And and I think like my message back and and it's not even just for like the, the the adults right around us, not not just me and you and and the people around us, but for our kids. Right. For our kids who are hearing these things. Also, I think the message has to be if she can do it, if he can do it, if she can start that business, if they can write that book, if 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 these people can do that, then you absolutely can do it as well. And that's exactly why I wanted to come back to my community and continue to kind of you know, be the little prophet of like, yes, you can, because we cannot, we we will never change things unless we start to change the thought process of of our kids and and in believing that they are absolutely worth it. Um, Did you always believe that
0: way before you?
1: I mean, yes, I know. I mean, I'm definitely like a big optimist, but my mom would always tell me like, you know, in, in Spanish, of course, but she would be like, you know, Claudia, if you don't do anything with your life, it's because you didn't want to. And that's always stuck with me, you know, because I think a lot of times we are the first person to make an excuse, right? Um, a, a big one for me was wrapping my head around leaving San Diego for, because what they tell you is you'll pack for either seven days or 13 weeks. So you, oh, when you be do you do that? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay, how do you do that? Um, you know, and, and, that's, and that's hard, you know, because imagine having to leave your job right now for 13 weeks. Who's going to pay your rent? Who's going to pay your bills? Who's going to, you know, who's going to pay your car payment? Who's going to take care of your kids Try. to and from school? All of those things are, are huge variables with zero guarantee that you will come back with any money or come back to your job. And so those are very valid reasons to say, I'm not going to go after this dream. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to. Um, but, it's one of those like no risk, no reward, right? Right. Um, people that open businesses, I, I always, I, I am a really big fan of entrepreneurs because I say it takes a lot to not just put your name on the line, to put your money on the line, to put your possible house on the line in order to go after this dream of being self-employed, of having something that creates community, that creates, uh, whatever it is that, that, that you're creating, right? Whether it's a space, whether it's art, whether it's, um, you know, food, um, all of those people, they have to take a risk and it's and it's deciding that you don't want to work that nine to five anymore, which is very hard to do. It is the hardest thing to do. I, I know because I've 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 been self-employed since 2015 now, you know, um, but how man, hard is it? It's so hard. <laughs> it's still hard. It's still hard. You know, I'm a I'm a single mom still. Uh, who is now has a daughter going to UC Merced, you Congratulations. know. Congratulations. Thank you so Ooh, much. That's awesome. Um, and so it's, it's, I think it's going to get harder now.
0: <laughs> I'm like,
1: dang, how much do I have to make? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm just going to have to start building a whole business plans around how much my daughter's school is going to cost. <laughs> but. You know, it's 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 all it's all it's all amazing because I also have the liberty to be able to choose when I work, who I work with um, and, and, and to be able to affect change in the community. Right. When I work with partners that are doing things and changing the world one, you know, one interaction at a time, those are the types of people that I want to work with. You know,
0: is that why you stay at home? Yeah. Instead of, you know, because people usually see the big lights. The big paycheck. You're like, okay, I'm going to New York. Yeah. I'm going to LA, Chicago, Miami, and then that's it. Yeah.
1: No, you know. Bay Area, that's it. I for me, you know, I grew up in this neighborhood. I I feel a certain level of not I don't feel indebted, but I do feel like there is there and and granted now I feel like, okay, I've paid my dues. Um, but this, you know, this community carried me and my family, right? From me selling tortillas to my neighbors when I was growing up to, um, organizations, um, like Feeding San Diego, the San Diego Food Bank, who literally fed me and my daughter whenever we just had, you know, our, we weren't meeting, you know, we weren't making ends meet and, and there was just not enough food for the rest of the month. And, and, and I relied on so many of those services, um, I unfortunately um, left my marriage because of domestic abuse. I had organizations like the Center for Community Solutions in San Diego helping me with that. And and, and it's because of those types of organizations and because of those people who are selflessly helping our communities that I was able to move on and, 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 and be who I am now. And so, yes, to a certain level, indebtedness to them. Um, what
0: would you like to tell those folks that oh helped God, you?
1: Thank you. <laughs> if you work for any of those types of organizations, I mean, I don't
0: I, think they get enough accolades. Never,
1: never. And that's why whenever I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like what it took to get here. I think it's, it's so important that you mention those partners and that you me- because I always say that my, like, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid. Right. right. And, and I, it, I truly have a village. Like I truly had a village, um, and and then, and then, coming back after having won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, my goal was like i 'm going to raise at least that much for these organizations um to date, we stopped counting at eight hundred thousand is what i've wow. raised for 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 local nonprofits um, amazing yeah and 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 honestly it's been through like donating dinners, you know like okay i 'll do a dinner for twelve i 'll do a dinner for ten i 'll do a di- so i 've done i think like something like sixty dinners now since two thousand and fifteen um and and helped to raise a ton of money. Um, including other places too, um, who do work with like, um, you know, disadvantaged youth and at-risk populations and, and unsheltered, um, com- the, the Center for Community, um, solutions, like I mentioned with, with DV and then, um, community through hope who helped my aunt like literally two three years ago the reason why I, co- I got connected with them was because i myself had an unsheltered aunt living on the streets in in Nashville city and i needed to get her help and and she didn't want it from our family and that's fine but maybe thanks to you know those those that's a safety net that we have in our community right these organizations that are able to provide food they're able to provide you know um uh, clothes, shelter, um, vouchers, things like that. Those are the things that help, um, to carry our community. And, and, and I'm just, I'm so incredibly grateful for all of those organizations who've not just helped me, but my family and, and
0: really this whole community. Once again, we're speaking with, uh, Chef Claudia Sandoval. Should I say Master Chef? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You can I say do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, you can have Claudia. I'm like, no, Master Chef Claudia. Oh, uh, we're going to take a quick break. we got to pay some bills, but uh, will you hang out a little bit mo- more? I, I love hearing your story. I think people need to hear your story. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, it's the X Man's Oldie Show. More with uh, Master Chef Claudia. <laughs> Tequila! It's the X Man's Oldie Show in studio guest tonight, uh, Chef Claudia Sandoval, Master Chef. I forgot. I apologize. <laughs> She's on the show, and, and we're just uh, talking about her, her life, her journey. What's your favorite tequila?
1: Tequila. My gosh. I'm not a big tequila fan. You're
0: not? <laughs> uh. Am
1: I, was I just throw, did I just dethrone thrown myself as Mexican? <laughs> I'm going to go Dos Artes. How about that? I'll go Dos Artes. I'm like, oh. Uh, Dos Artes or Tres Generaciones. I'm a really big fan of them. I'm old school. <laughs> What's your favorite taco to Oh, you're you
0: trying to get me in trouble? Yeah.
1: <laughs> my favorite taco. I'm just favorite gonna go, I'm taco. Gonna...
0: Like I, this is the go-to taco. Not,
1: like somewhere or like just. a taco? I want both. I want
0: I want the taco my and fa- I want like,
1: the... My order always is is dos tacos de cabeza with everything. So two cow head tacos. Those are my favorite. Which favorite. I know is weird. <laughs> I know. Everybody's gonna be like, what? <laughs> Everyone's like, how yeah, did that happen? It's so good. It's so good. I grew up eating like that, though. So it's, yeah. Now, uh, where's Cabeza your favorite tacos? place
0: to go when you're across the board, when you're at Tijuana? So, where's where's your go-to place? So it doesn't have a name. <laughs> it
1: doesn't? <laughs> no, it's on the side of a street. What? Yes. And it's like um, it's like uh, by Insurgentes. So if you know where Insurgentes is, it's it's the only um, Cabeza Tacos little stand that's on the side of the road. In fact, it's right next to a veterinarian shop. Um, that mm. I take my dog to <laughs> really yes. <laughs> so you get the dog,
0: you do the doggy thing, and get yeah, two, two tacos just, like you just, you just get it all done. You know, it's like a twofer. <laughs> I know people do that too. They go, I went to get my car wash and get to the dentist, and, and then, then I, got I went tacos. tacos. <laughs> 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 Only in a border town you can do that exactly. So that's the place to go to. Yes, absolutely. Now on this side of the border, what, what's your favorite taco oh, place? God. Please don't be offended. <laughs> Please don't be if offended you, if you own one of these places. I'm just, just, I'm just
1: not, adventure. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a very big fan of san diego taquerias really yes i don't think any of them are doing it right
0: wow
1: (laughs) i'm like if i'm gonna offend everybody i'm just gonna offend everybody um no i mean i i definitely have places that i'll go to for specific things like right now i'm really obsessed with oscars um they're incredible people um in hillcrest there's a space that's right next to like a five guys there they do like this um chorizo like Chorizo with shrimp taco that I, like, I'm like. i obsessed with right now. Delicious. Um, I'm like trying to think what, what else. <laughs> um, maybe like a fish taco. I I really love tacos al pescador. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really big into mariscos, though, because my family's from Mazatlán, Sinaloa, so I'm going to stick with those. <laughs> That's it. There's no cabeza taco. Oh, I know where. Where? Tacos al paisa. Taco
0: tacos okay. El Paisa, Tacos Paisa,
1: they're um, on National Avenue. Okay, I know. In the I'm hood, a, I'm yeah. going to
0: go there. I'm yes, going to go visit them. Tacos El Paisa, they're really
1: good. <laughs> and they do like really delicious, um, ¿cómo se llaman? Um, gorditas. The ones that are like, you know, they are they almost look like a pupusa and they're cut right. open. So good. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. You know, you know now, what know want? Now I want them. <laughs> When, when I first came to San Diego, I was like, taco shop? What's a taco shop? Because yeah. in Northern California, we would call them Tacarias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, it was very different. And then I heard about the taco shop poets. I love taco shops. And I was like, okay, tell me about this place. And then the California burrito. Yeah. Is, yeah.
1: This is all San Diego, right? It's all San Diego. California burrito, the, the, the uh, carnasada fries. That was all invented here. I love that. I love that. Apparently, we want fries and everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Throw fries in there. Yes. What's your favorite taco shop?
0: Oh. Shop. Taco shop. Taco shop. Uh, I You're going to find some people now. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth. I'm, we're stopping right there. There's so many, but there's so many good, so much good food here. Yes. In San Diego. Now, now, being a chef, do you want to open up your own place one day?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely the goal. But you know, a restaurant, a lot of people don't realize the amount of work that it takes. Right? It all looks really pretty because you know, food arrives on your plate, and you only have to pay. Fill in the blank. Right. Um, But there's so much that goes into that. Right. From permitting to payroll to workers compensation and to everything that goes along with a regular business, plus on top of that food safety and all of those things. And so it is a lot. So, you know, (laughs) all of my chef friends uh, who actually have restaurants are like, don't do it.
0: It's At least a, they're honest, right? Yeah, they're trying yeah, to
1: yeah. Don't do it. I feel like it's like having a kid, you know? <laughs> like, most people will be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great idea to have kids. And then, like, the people that are in it, they're like, don't have kids right now. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Like, you don't really want kids right now. <laughs> because they're, like, in the trenches. They haven't slept for, like, five days, you know? <laughs> and they, like, haven't taken a shower. And um, and I think it's a lot like that, you know? it's um, It really is like giving birth to a new kid that requires 24-7 attention and... You know, and, and I am very lucky to have a lot of jobs and, and you know, I'm writing a book, I'm, I'm, you know, recording, I'm filming shows. And, and sometimes when I leave to film, it's, it's not for like, you know, a couple of days or I'm going to drive to LA and come right back. No, it's like three months and two months and things like that. And so when it's like an extended shoot like that, you know, who's going to take care of the restaurant? Right. Who's, who's, you know, who's point person? Because let's face it, right? If you are going to, I don't know, a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, you want to go see Gordon Ramsay, right? You don't want like just some random person serving you food. And so I, I know my fans and I know they would want to see me there and I want to be able to give them that too. So maybe, maybe once I start settling down with the TV thing. But I don't I don't plan on stopping that now. So. Yeah, please, don't, <laughs>
0: please don't stop. Don't stop. I love seeing your, your, your face on TV and thank you. And and it's it's always refreshing to see your perspective and hear your perspective and, and then promote all the goodness th- th- of your culture. Yes. Of growing up in San Diego. Yes. Your TV show on yeah. Discovery is all over the place. I Taste was so happy. Border. Yeah. Me and my wife were so excited to see it. We were first day went on, we're like, we're gonna stream right now and watch it. We were just excited to see just San Diego being featured,
1: yeah. The yeah. lowriders, yes. the food, and- yes. You know, I pitched this show for four years, and and they four picked- years, four years, yeah. So this is a show that I created. Um, I produced the whole show, like I I actually created the show and pitched it for four years. And because of the presidency back then, they were like, the border is too much of a political thing, so we cannot do the show. And that I got nose and nose and slammed doors and everything. And and this is one of those like. Again, perseverance and passion, right? Right. I believed in this project and I was like, people want to know this because, you know, I had friends, for example, I would travel. I've been very lucky to be able to travel. I've met friends in Chicago and New York and Oklahoma and like Miami and everywhere in Denver. And I would travel and then I would be like, oh, yeah, to your point earlier, I went to the dentist and I went to have tacos on Thursday and, (laughs) and then I came right back. And they're like, wait, so you can just like cross the border like that? And I'm like, dude, I like came and went in like an hour. What are you talking about? You know? And that is such a I didn't realize how foreign of a subject that is for people that don't live on a border community because to them, all they know about the border is what they see on the news. And very very many times it is not a good picture to paint. Um, And I feel like, you know, border towns are are so rich, not just with culture, but with with the influx of of migration, of peoples from all over the world and I wanted to demystify what people thought of as food on the border. Of course you're gonna have your taco shops, of course you're gonna have your Americanized Mexican food. We get it. But what else is there? And,
0: and was, there's so much and there's, in so much. there's I, I, I learned so much from your show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean from 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 you know the amount of uh, the two hundred plus Chinese Mexican restaurants, you know, Mexican Chinese restaurants in in Calexico area. Right. The fact that we have two hundred plus in that area alone is just like mind blowing. <laughs> like, can you even grasp your like, you know? And and I think that like sharing that kind of stuff, um, and 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 why that happened, right? Because of uh, you know, a very kind of uh, migration act that was enacted by the government that pushed Chinese south of the border, um, and then the Mexicans also did the same thing. They wanted to, you know, um, exclude the Mexicans as well and uh, the Chinese as well, and so they all kind of. You know, congregated in this small area and lived underground, like literally underground, um, because of the heat and because they were just like not used to it and, and 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 in the desert, you know, where it's 120 degrees sometimes. So, yeah, it's. I think being able to tell a lot of those stories is so important because people don't know that people people don't know that you can get amazing Chinese right from <laughs> a, Chi- a Spanish speaking Chinese <laughs> man. <laughs> With a team of, like, 70 people in those restaurants. Right. Oh, my gosh. If you've never taken a peek inside one of those restaurants, I'm not joking, the next time you're in or take a peek behind the curtain, and you will be surprised how many people they are employing, you know, they, they are, it's just, it's, it's incredible. In, it's
0: intense in, the, it in the, intense in the Chinese kitchen. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just went to one, uh, Mandarin Beijing in, in Eastlake, in Chula Vista, yeah, and, you know, four or five chefs, and... Cooking like there's you're crazy, crazy quick. Yes, crazy quick. Hot. Yes, I mean they're just going at it. You order it's it's made fresh. It is made fresh and And speaking Spanish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's like sixty seconds of like quick to your point like fire intensity da 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 and then it's like out and you're like your mouth is burning from how hot it is. You're just like how did that happen? It's magic. I love it. It's like a dance for them.
0: It, it, it really, really is. But that—that that is. You, tell me about your book, your best-selling book. So Where can we get it? it? Yes.
1: Well, you probably can't get it.
0: <laughs> what? Is that a print?
1: So the publisher. One of the other things that was affected by COVID is we don't have enough paper to print all the books, and so they stopped printing my book. So can you find it? Yes, you can find Aww. it, but it's going to be like eighty dollars now. <laughs> yeah, the <What>? scarcity effect. <laughs> I need <mean> it. <laughs> Wow, really? Yes, yeah, but... Uh, bootleg, Cocina. we got to do a bootleg. Bootleg version, I know. My so buddy pre- Mario pre-
0: does uh, printing on the side. Uh, yeah. But
1: really? Yeah, Gladys Cocina, Taste of Mexico. It was part of the deal with winning MasterChef. Um, I took about um, one-fourth of my winnings and invested that into promoting the book, and it paid off, and it became a bestseller. We did a bunch of events with... Twenty thousand people, and
0: you, you just know, said bestseller. Like that. that was amazing. Congratulations! I Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Not everyone could say that.
1: I know. Bestselling cookbook author. I love that part of <laughs> my title.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, when people who are not part of the culture, the Mexican culture, promote food and talk about Mexican food and give out the recipes when they go across the or when they come back from across the border, does that does that? Does that sit well with you? Do you like, oh okay, everyone can do it? Or would you rather hear from someone who's from Mexico sharing their the secrets, so to speak, when it comes to Mexican food? Because yeah. because, I mean, because there's a lot of people that like to promote that in that way. And sometimes I'm like, mm, Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> always try to get me in trouble. I see how, you, <laughs> I see how you're doing it here. Um okay, so there's a couple of things at play, right? I mean, I think one of the big things for me is You, if you're going to be a thought leader in something that you, you better have spent years researching, studying, and knowing. But then we have a lot of like, even, even on big networks or, 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 or content creators, digital creators online. I'll see things and I'm like, where did you get this recipe? That's not pozole. You know? Um,
0: Rachel Ray, don't say that.
1: (laughs) You said it. (laughs) I'm kidding, Rachel. Uh, we love you, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you see some of these things and you're just like, what? I remember one time too, I was watching like Ina Garden make something and I was like, no, not Ina, not Ina, cause I love her, you know, <laughs> but, but like, I think it, it, it's complicated. What I am also conflicted on and the reason why I'm kind of hesitating is because I also, through, the kind of anthropological studies that I've been doing about food anthropology and the migration of food because of Taste of the Border and because of a new book that I'm going to be writing, um, you start to learn that there really is no authentic, no traditional because depending on where the people are from, who is around them and what ingredients are available? People tend to change those recipes to morph them to create fusions. To you know, the reason why we have a tiradito in you know in Baja California that has soy sauce and that has ginger is because of that Japanese kind of migration to to the Baja, and so it it, it it's. It's those types of things that I'm like, well, is it really traditional though? I mean, if we wanted to say that, for example, about pozole, pozole was originally made by, in, with human meat. People don't know that. You know, so that, You're you, right. know, you know, so it's like, that's one gross. Uh, <laughs> no cannibalism <laughs> here, guys. Uh, but, but, but two, it's like, let's be, let's, I'm always very careful with like saying, well, I want it to be a traditional or I want an authentic recipe. Um, so I've started to kind of migrate away from those, um, ideas or those words, um, because I think that thanks to migration and thanks to the migration of ingredients too, we ha- now have all of these different recipes, right? Pork wasn't even, pork and beef were never endemic to, you know, to, to Mexico. Um, in fact, like I always say, uh, pre-Hispanic food, pre-colonialism, we had a very vegetarian almost, uh, type of, you know, a style of food. And so it always cracks me up when people are like, you can make this, you can make Mexican food vegetarian. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> 90% of our food is vegetarian. Like our number one thing is corn. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that part. And I, and so I, I'm always really careful with, with those types of subjects because I think there's still so much to, you know, there's, there's a lot more that can still be learned. And, and and I love that. I mean, that's that's the philosophy, philosophy geek at heart. I like me. that.
0: You're like you're digging deep. You're really thinking about yeah. it and and, and and researching.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I think that's important. You Tell can't... us
0: about your new book. When when is it coming out? Can you can you talk about it?
1: Uh, well, I am working on the manuscript right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to be about?
1: Uh, it is going to be called Dun 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 Taco Nation.
0: Oh, that's Eat. why you don't want to offend anybody. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, but also, I think, tell me if I'm wrong. The taco has become an icon in the United States. Did you know, in fact, that the taco is actually the most eaten food in the United States?
0: Taco Tuesday. I mean,
1: <laughs> now LeBron. you can actually say that. LeBron trademark uh, <laughs> trade it. Yeah, like, it's, it's, you know, it it truly is fascinating. And now you have things like Korean tacos and curry tacos, dessert tacos, like fruit tacos. Like, there's... Any taco that you could like even imagine, um, the taco has created this vessel to be able to serve whatever kind of food you want, whatever kind of fusion or whatever you wanna call it. Um and and that I love, right? I love that. I think like mexicanos were all just like, Yeah, you wanna make tacos, whatever. Tu échale, échale crema, échale lo que quieras, <laughs> you know, put whatever you want on those tacos. Um and and I've been so lucky to be able to travel and to go to all these places and to be inspired. I mean, the book is really going to be a roadmap of how the taco has been influenced by its regions, right? I have oh, for example, whenever I went to Minnesota and I had uh I had a cheese curd taco. Well, Imagine that? that. It was like fried <laughs> deep fried cheese curd. Cheese curd. Right? With like a slaw over top, and it was just so good. And I was like, bro. And I was like, it's like a quesadilla, but like crunchy, but like delicious, but like <laughs> it was just so good. And <clears throat> I think those types of things are, you know, the things that really make America actually great. You know, they, they make us great and, and, and we've embraced, you know, I always say like, Food is a language all of us can understand. And when we can gather around a table, like all of the other stuff, the politics, the whatever you believe in, all of that's left to the side because good food is good food. <laughs> right. That's it. That's all we say nothing, that. And there's <laughs> nothing like tacos to gather people around a, around a table.
0: Once again, Chef Claudia Sandoval stopping by the the show today. Thank you so much for... We're being on the radio show Baja Mezcal Fest. Yes. This is coming up in a couple weeks, yes. August nineteenth and twentieth in Ensenada.
1: In Ensenada, yeah, you're Cuatro a big Cuatro part Fest. of this. I am producing the event. Tell, yeah, tell <laughs> us
0: about. I don't about know this. how
1: I have time for all this. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like I, I started talking about it. And I'm like, dang, I really am doing a lot right now. Um, but yeah, my um, we are producing the second annual Baja Mezcal Fest. We have we started with twenty five. Now we're at thirty mezcal and agave spirits. Wow. Um, yeah, that will be served that day. So you will be able to taste 30 different agave spirits, um, and mezcales. Uh, plus on top of that, we have sponsorships from like Gin de las Californias and Nizza and Abasolo, which is like a Mexican corn whiskey. Incredible. So we'll have, we have, uh, three. How about Uber? Uber? <laughs> Do they have, <laughs> yeah, um, they have that? And, uh, we have, uh, 10, 10, 10 or 11 chefs at this point from all over, including, uh, two cocineras tradicionales from Oaxaca coming, wow. um, because of course, uh, mezcal is made in Oaxaca. And then we have, uh, some of the best bar- bartenders coming. Uh, the bartenders are, we, I think we also have 10, uh, but three of them are. were literally just named 50 best bars in North America. So, th- in fact, I don't know if you know, but uh, uh, Youngblood in San Diego is one of them. So, oh, wow. we'll have Eliza Hoare from from uh, Youngblood coming down. And so, it's going to be uh, an incredible time. Amazing food, amazing chefs. Um,
0: How do we get you tickets? Know,
1: you know, um, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, Carlos Bias from the B-Side yes. Players. He's going to be playing music. he's going to be jamming out. Um, so yeah, go to BajaMescalFest.com, um, to buy tickets. We are already sold out of pre-sale tickets. So, <laughs> but we also have a VIP experience where you can come in on Friday and hang out with all of the special guests and invited. Um, you get like food, all, all, everything's included. All the food, all the drinking, everything's included. So make sure that you come down.
0: Wow, that It'll is be so a, that is a weekend of fun.
1: Yeah, make sure you're not
0: driving. <laughs> Sponsored by Uber. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for for stopping by. I appreciate it. And uh, when you when you get the new book out, come back on the radio yes. show. We'll talk about tacos, and then hopefully you'll be able to tell us your favorite taco place.
1: <laughs> I, I thought
0: I thought you were going to say, and hopefully you'll bring me tacos. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Once again, uh, Chef, uh, Master Chef Claudia Sandoval on, on the X Men's Oldie Show. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You want to give a shout out to anybody? Thank you.
1: Um, uh, Aida, my friend <laughs> from Shelltown. You know her, right? Yes. Aida Soria? Yes. I love her. I love her. Um, <laughs> big shout out to her. She always listens. And then, yeah, my family, my mom, my daughter, Yanni. Um,
0: and my friend Paulina who set this up
1: and Paulina for the people yes there you go. I All love right. her gracias Paulina <laughs>
0: you, know, oh, you know I gotta play your record this is you, you like this song the temp priest uh, love between a boy and a girl
1: that was my favorite song
0: this is it here we go let's play it thank you so much thank
1: you so much